This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Bethany Clementon, a woman who traded security for adventure and teaches us the exact formula to live your big life. There are many people to thank for the visibility of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 new Airstream mobile podcast studio. Christie's Design and Sign, located in Greenwood, Indiana, is one of the companies. We chose to include Christie to help us create the right messaging and visibility for our new mobile studio. Christie's Design and Sign can help you with your graphic and messaging needs for many projects. If you want a company that goes above and beyond for your business needs, Choose Christie's Design and Sign. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com, subscribe, and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. Leaders 50 and 50, Bethany Clemenson, owner of Be The Light Resources. Thanks for coming on 50 and 50. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. I am too. The first time we talked, I think I was complaining to you for 20 minutes about my coffee maker. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You know, because I'm like, you're a coach. You can help me through this. (laughs) That's right. We work together on these things. We did work together on these things. There are so much that we connect on. I was like, I got to have you on my show because you've got a lot to teach people. And and so part of this is you're a podcaster, too. You've got your own podcast. I do. I'm pretty new at it, just a few months in, but I love it. So I do a little bit of what you do, and I talk with people about living big, but it's all all the same, but different, you know, Mm -hmm. you have to be a leader in order to live big. So absolutely. And, and so it's identifying, you know, we're taught you're part of my John Maxwell team tribe, which I absolutely people probably go another John Maxwell person. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, the thing is, we're in this tribe, because we believe that investing in ourselves and investing in others really makes a difference in our world and Mm -hmm. others. And so what I love about this and and really connecting to what I always call my tribe is we're all doing things in our different space. And you and I have so much history that is similar because of our healthcare uh, background and taking care of people first 
and and really thinking mm-hmm. about how does that reflect on what we're going to do in our lives forever. And and so I want you to really kind of connect to my audience today, Bethany, and and tell us about your journey in starting into the healthcare um, industry. And and I've listened to some of your podcasts, so I understand there's a lot of connectivity stories there. And that draws you into understanding what your purpose is in the world. Mm-hmm. And so take us on this journey from, from when you started deciding that it was really about other people. Wow. Well, um, from a young age, some of my first memories are going to a nursing home with my mom because she was a nurse. And so I kind of grew up in that in that environment. Um, my grandma worked in healthcare. My aunt was a nurse. And so really I was running on autopilot, not really thinking or knowing myself well enough to know what I wanted to do, but I did know that I enjoyed helping people. And so I picked nursing and that's really how, how I fell into it. It seemed safe and stable. And I knew that no matter what people were going to need nurses, and um, I was looking for safe and stable. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so that's how I ended up getting into healthcare. And through the years, I, I really didn't like it. Um, I, I liked helping people, but I didn't. I worked in the emergency room as one of my last positions before I migrated to management. And I would cry before I went to work because um, looking back, I cried because, not because of the unexpected, but because I didn't ever know what happened to the people mm-hmm. when they were gone. Mm-hmm. You just see them and you like fix them quickly and then they're shipped off to surgery or ICU or you put them on a helicopter to go to somewhere else that can care for them better. And I didn't get to know the story. And I really like to know people's stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I, I ended up, I kind of fell into senior living and opened up a assisted living community in the small town where we lived in Iowa and was a manager and nurse there. And it was incredible. I had never led a team before. I had never hired or fired anybody. The most I had done was led a code in the ER and which is intensive, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but different than managing a team of people and then you have all the residents and then you have all of their families and everybody is trying to tuck their crazy in and you have to navigate that and everybody's in change and, and you know, just all those moving parts. And I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved navigating all that and helping in a different way. And um, through the years, I, I have... Uh, I don't know. I worked my, my way up and was promoted to a regional director and kind of got away from the face-to-face interaction with residents. And at um, one point I had like 15 different buildings that I oversaw. And then you had all kinds of people, you know, that you were helping. And that was a lot of fun too. But um, the thing that made me kind of redirect, I guess, my my life a little bit was through the years, I just sat with people as they neared the end of their life. And I heard story after story of people's dreams dying with them. And no, they didn't say those words to me. What they said was, I really wanted to be a teacher, but in my day and age, 
you either got married or you went to college. You couldn't do both. So I gave up my dream to get married. Or I really wanted to travel overseas, but my husband didn't like to travel, so I never did it. Or I really want, I mean, a hundred different things that people regretted not doing. And these are, many of them were highly successful, highly, you know, what, what society would look to as very, very successful, well-respected people. But they had, they lived a, a life that really wasn't always true to who they were. And at first I was really impacted in a negative way by that. And I was saddened to think that that's how life ends. And then I got to thinking, does it have to be that way? Mm-hmm. Just because I hear these stories year after year, does it have to be that way? And um, I met one resident where it wasn't that way. Like she reached retirement. She bought a little motor home and traveled the U.S. by herself. And just like loved every moment of life, embraced every piece of the journey. And, um, and that kind of gave me hope. And I started working with a coach and that gave me more hope as I realized I could change my thinking. And when I did that, it changed my life. And uh, I ended up, long story, a little shorter here. I ended up um, becoming a certified coach with that coaching company, um, my original very first coach. And then I ended up uh, becoming part of the John Maxwell team too. Mm -hmm. So, and now I get to help people Mm -hmm. figure out what their dreams are, figure out what their passions are and, and live big because this life is too short to, to go to your deathbed with your dreams. And, you know, a lot of people talk about that. You know, a lot of people say all the dreams are in the cemetery, right? Because people have died with them and, and there's nothing you can do to change that. Even if a family member says, I'm going to carry this legacy on, but it's still not that person fulfilling it. And, and so Mm -hmm. many times we're influenced by people in our lives, by family, by coworkers even, right? To, to hold back. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not the right time. You don't have enough money to Mm -hmm. do that. How would you do that? Mm -hmm. You can't, you don't have vacation time for that, right? That's a crazy plan. Mm -hmm. And all those things that people around us make us believe. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and, and after a while, right, it becomes our own beliefs and we, we stop. We just kind of think, I can't do it or it's not worth it. Uh, Right. And it is, it is worth it because it's possible. It's all possible. Right. We just don't believe it is because I think the norm is to not believe. The norm is to play small. The norm is to stay safe. And um, not that people that don't play small and take risks are better than people that stay average. It's just they have a different level of awareness. They just see the world differently. And, And there's so much freedom in that. There's so much freedom in that. And I, I want that. I want that for everybody. I want that for all the people that their dreams died with them. I want that for my kids. You know, I want that for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I, when you say that, I think about the people that are in, you know, that are listening to this that may have careers or they may be in a difficult family situation and they think, well, I've already tried things like that. You know, they say, oh, it's so easy. And if you just do it, it's going to be a lot easier. It's not easy, but you mm-hmm. have to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you have to get a coach. You have to put people around you that can help you f- 
figure out. Like mm-hmm. you may not have all the answers. None of us really have the answers, but we are figuring it out. We're making the commitment to say tomorrow can be better if I put in this effort uh, and if I can design some kind of a plan to try it and maybe I'll fail. Maybe it won't be the right thing, but it's something different than what I'm doing today that I don't like, that I don't appreciate, that I'm not still connected to. Right. And that that journey can Mm -hmm. be different. Absolutely. It doesn't um, it doesn't happen overnight by any means, but being aware of how you feel about where you're at in your life can be a first step. I mean, I didn't I didn't know that you had a choice. And I know that may sound ridiculous, but I was so stuck in my little box of thinking that I couldn't imagine that that life could be different. Like when, so my very first time I went to the um, International Maxwell Certification, I met this woman named Michelle, and she, just in conversation, she had mentioned to me how her and her husband had put their house up for rent for six months, and they pulled their teenage kids out of school, and they went to Europe and traveled for six months, and I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Whoa, my mind was blown because here's someone, she isn't a multimillionaire. She doesn't have her own private jet. Like she's just, a, not just, but she's a middle-class person just like I am, someone like me. And they did something that I perceived as huge, mm-hmm. as big and brave and not ordinary. And it, it really got me thinking, like, wait a minute, does my life have to look like I think it has to look Mm -hmm. like when I say, Oh, I can never do that. Is that true? Or is that my truth? Mm -hmm. Is that really the truth? You know, or is it just how I'm seeing it? Mm -hmm. And really that was kind of the seedling of what turned into my family and I like selling what was our dream home and most of our belongings and buying an RV and traveling the U S for a year with our kids Mm -hmm. I mean, and who knew, like, from that one conversation mm-hmm. that <laughs> all the things that would happen, it would lead to that. And it is. It's all about being aware. I love how you put that. But if you become aware and you're intentionally focusing on on that, you can, for so many times, right, if you're aware of it and you're you're sensitive to your environment – Everything else around you, you start to tune into that much faster. So I teach this a lot with saying, hey, when you buy a red car, right? If you buy a red car, you go to every single corner, you see a red car. (laughs) Every parking place, you see a red car. Mm -hmm. It's just like growth. So you went to this Mm -hmm. certification. It's 2,500 people or more. And you're meeting people that are pushing themselves to the limit, that are changing their lives, that are wanting to experience more. And, And so... You tuned into that and you said, oh, my gosh, I can, too. Right. Because it's mm-hmm. all of those people with the same mindset. And so for, for people that are kind of going, yeah, but you go to a conference, you get all jazzed up. Like if you go to a, a conference at work, right, you get focused on what you need to be doing. And then when you leave, most people don't apply that. And so right. what, what motivated you to kind of say, oh, that's interesting I can do that too. Hmm, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I think part of it is just staying plugged into the community because when you're around people 
<laughs> that make you feel like a better person just because you're with them, mm-hmm. you can't help but be a better person. You can't help but raise higher. You can't help but expand your growth because they believe in you so much that if you falter or you stumble, they're right there to let you borrow their beliefs so you can move forward. Mm-hmm. And really that was a huge step for me is paying attention to who I surrounded myself with. Mm-hmm. You know, after I became like environment aware, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and thought aware, I started to become people aware mm-hmm. and who, who was I surrounding myself with mm-hmm. and, and how did they make me feel? I mean, I always look at it in terms of like light and heavy, you know, if I leave and, and someone makes me feel really heavy or I, I feel heavy after I've spent time with them, it's probably someone I need to limit, limit my time with. Mm-hmm. And, um, but on the, on the other side of that is, you know, if someone makes me feel lighter, I feel lighter or better after I'm with them, then that's a signal to me, to my soul, that that's the direction I need to go. And it took me a long time to learn that because, well, I want to help people. Mm-hmm. And that, that was to my detriment. I did that to my own detriment in my younger years. I was, a, I was an enabler of people and their dysfunction and people that couldn't get their crazy tucked in. I just helped them spread it all out there mm-hmm. in ways that really were damaging to me. And um, it, it's interesting as I look back in my life, I see that I always had a drive to help people, I just was kind of directing it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I have it figured out a little more. Mm-hmm. You get on that path. I want to know about the conversation that you had with your husband to say, let's get the RV. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> How, was that well, easy? <laughs> you know, we we first just joked about it because we were both itching for change, but we didn't know why. And We'd been in this town for, you know, 14 years, and um, we were like normal people. I mean, but we were also disconnected. I mean, I was traveling a lot for work, gone a lot, felt bad about missing things with the kids, but good about, you know, being able to contribute to the family, but I felt like something had to give, and um, I didn't want to be disconnected from them because the other piece of of what I learned from my seniors in assisted living was that the things that matter most in life aren't things, it's relationships and it's impact. Nobody talks about their Mercedes or the square footage of their house or how much money is in their bank account or their college degrees. But sometimes like we spend our whole lives chasing those things. And at the end, nobody talks about that when they're dying. I promise you, like I've sat with hundreds of people. Um, and so kind of coming to that realization that we have amassed all this stuff, like we had worked all these years to build this house that was our dream house. My husband built everything. I did everything except pour the concrete from the concrete truck, right? Like he did everything for the house and, and it was everything we ever wanted. And yet we were still feeling unfulfilled and disconnected. Mm-hmm. And we were like, something's got to give. And um, he was on a growth journey, too. And we ended up going to this conference called Turning Point. And we had just joked about, like, we should do something crazy. I don't really want to go to Europe like my friend Michelle did because um, (laughs) I want to see the U.S. first. 
And then we kind of sat down with the kids and said, where would you want to go if we did go? But it was all talk. And then we went to this conference called Turning Point. And while it was a turning point on the plane ride home, um, Tom said to me, we, we've, got to, we've got to do this. I realized that everything that we've done to this point in our life has been built on a premise of scarcity and there's not enough. And um, God's not intimidated by our request for more. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to live big lives and let's go get connected again to our kids and let's do this and let's, let's try it. <laughs> so it had all been talk. And so the talk is easy, Melanie, like when you're just talking about it, right? Like, so we, we had talked about it for a few months, just kicking it around. We're always kicking around crazy ideas. So it's not uncommon for us to talk about, you know, I mean, building a pontoon boat and living on the lake all summer, mm-hmm. you know, building a houseboat or, or t- I mean, we're always brainstorming. So that wasn't unusual for us, but, um, but taking the steps, right. That's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was kind of the, the point where we made a decision that we would do this if the kids agreed. And so we had a family meeting and they agreed and it was like 90 days almost exactly 90 days from that point that we were leaving our house um, for the last time. And it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Everything happened really fast and we were leaving our house. So, and, and how old were your kids at this time? So 12 and 14. Mm-hmm. So big decisions for the kids to feel like they were taking ownership and responsibility of this. And those are pretty critical ages to say we're, we're in this, Mom and Dad. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so what did that look like for yeah. your family as you left the house? Oh, um, well, my daughter, Gwen, so she's my oldest. As we were leaving, like walking out for the last time, she just kind of sank down on the floor of the mudroom and lost it for a while. Mm-hmm. Like just because it's safe, right? Our house was safe and that was the house that she knew. And, and, uh, you know, I walked, I walked through the house and thanked God for every room and every memory <laughs> and said, okay, you know, we're going to do this. And, uh, and so we piled into the car and pulled ourselves together and, and drove out of the driveway <laughs> and it was incredibly hard, but it was also really exciting too. Like, I don't know how to explain it except that we knew that it was our next step and we didn't know how, know how it was going to happen. Melanie, we had no idea when we came home from that conference, we didn't have the house ready to list. We didn't, we had rooms full of things. We had rooms that we didn't even go in, in the house. I mean, it was crazy. Like we had so much stuff to go through. And um, we had no idea how it was going to happen, but it did. Every day we just were like, okay, what can we do today? What, what's the one next thing in front of us? What can we do mm-hmm. to prepare for this? And that's what we just kept doing. And I was still traveling for work the whole time. And I mean, and so a lot of it fell on the Tom, bless his heart. And he was amazing with it. But um, yeah, so just doing the one next thing. And that's the, kind of the model that I live in whatever I'm doing in my life now, you know, you look at that when you've had success at something or you've overcome 
a hardship, you can kind of look back at that and see what your own model for success is, right? Mm -hmm. You can look back and think, what did I do here? And then you can apply that to anything, Mm -hmm. any area. Because it can be so overwhelming if you think about all of it, right? As you said, I close my eyes and think about this. We had rooms that we didn't even go into and we knew we had to get it ready to list. Like that Mm -hmm. pressure and you're traveling and the kids are at busy stages of their life. Like, how are we actually going to get this done? And so Mm -hmm. were there days when you ever thought like, this is going to be impossible. We should just not do this. This is crazy. (laughs) There are days that I thought it was crazy and, um, had to take some breaths and get myself together. There are days that I maybe had three glasses of wine. <laughs> just like, I just need to breathe and sit in the corner for a minute and it's going to be okay. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, but net didn't, I don't know. We were committed. Mm-hmm. We had already committed. Mm-hmm. So when we commit, like we move forward and it was easier when you have people that are with you that are committed with you, yep. you know, I, we weren't going to let each other down. Well, and I think about when you say this, you know, everybody has this security of you have an address, right? You have this address that, you know, your mail is going to come to, that you're going to go home every night and, and lay your head down, mm-hmm. no matter if, if you haven't cleaned your house or whether you're having a party or whatever the stress load is, like, where did you put your Christmas tree in the RV? <laughs> you know, It's those <laughs> kinds of things where, like, you change everything. You have to make a bunch of trade-offs to say, we're going to go experience this. And, and so that part of it, you know, and we talk about adventure versus the scarcity mindset. For people that are hanging on to something, you know, you did this in just a matter of time because you put your mind to it and you decided this is going to be the outcome. And we're just, we're moving through this stage and here's, here's what we've committed to. Right. And you Mm -hmm. just, and you just did it. Mhm. Yeah, it, I mean, it, that like makes it sound easy, but it's not <laughs> I mean it, it wasn't easy. So it, honestly, <laughs> after we got back from the conference from Turning Point, um my husband is he's never made a video of anything in his life and um he made a video I was traveling and he made a video of walk how he felt walking into one of his garages because we didn't have just one like we had we had one that had like a basketball court in it and living quarters off of it then we had another building that was just for his like dirty tools and his skid steer and whatever else like i mean talk about stuff like he 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 won if if we were having a contest of the most stuff he would be winning that contest <laughs> and and he sent me a video just like I have hung on to this stuff just in case and no more. I'm done. I feel heavy when I look at it. And that was the premise for everything. Okay, here's this blue T-shirt that I've had for seven years because it supported some cause that I really like. But do I, does this shirt make me feel light or heavy? And it was hard at first because you feel, I felt ridiculous saying that, but I didn't know how else to start. And then pretty soon it was like fast. 
you you knew immediately like if something felt light or heavy and and you so then we were just and the whole family was doing it we were going through stuff this is light this is heavy this is light this is heavy and we'd sort it into piles and if we couldn't decide we'd put it in a separate pile and then we'd go back to it later and it's almost like you're using some type of new muscle or some type of new connection in your brain and the more you are in tune to that the easier it gets and what i found was this may sound woo-woo, and if it does, I'm sorry, but this is just my story. <laughs> what I found was that rolled over to all other aspects of my life, too. Mm-hmm. Like, when I started coming in contact with people, I, I would even sense it stronger, the light and heaviness, and earlier than I did before. And I would know in my gut whether they were my people or not. Mm-hmm. And and it was crazy that, like, you know, our, our mentor, Paul Martinelli, says action brings clarity, and that couldn't be more true. I, I found that in every area of my life, and that clarity just from going through those things brought clarity across the board for me. Mm-hmm. And so as you, as you took this journey, you know, as you pulled out of, out of your driveway and you're you're off, right? And you're thinking it's only ahead. We're only going to move forward. And, and so your family talk to me about how, you know, the extended family, the support and, and that experience, right? Because there's a lot of uh, people that would say, well, I could do it, but you know, we have a lot of responsibilities. There's so many things that you don't know that, that we couldn't do that because, Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for people to understand kind of your perspective on that because, you know, you can take your your husband, your wife, your kids, the dog, the cat, put them in an RV and say, let's go, let's go see the world. Um, it, but so what's the feedback that you got from those around you that, that may have, you know, thought differently and how you overcame that? That's a great question. Um our families, if they weren't supportive, they were quiet about it. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get backlash because if my, my family, they just, they love us. And even if they didn't agree, they would never tell us unless we asked them. Mm-hmm. And so it was okay. And we were in Iowa. And so my family was six hours, well, really close to the Indiana border in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So we, my family was six hours that way. And Tom's family was like six hours north. And so it's, we didn't have like family right there with us anyway, uh, that we were, you know, helping take care of or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't that need mm-hmm. at that time either. Mm-hmm. So we weren't, I think it was that part of it. It would have, that would have been much more challenging if I had, a, you know, a loved one nearby that we were helping care for, mm-hmm. I would have probably rethought everything. So I would never say to someone, you know, shirk your responsibilities and run like the wind and who cares what anybody says. I mean, you, you know, I think fulfilling responsibilities is one thing, but, but listening to the naysayers, here's the thing. People are not going to agree with what you're doing all the time, especially when you're growing because it's scary for them. And so, you know, I had friends that were like, that's amazing. 
And, and wow, that would be my dream. And I wish I could do that. But, and then they gave me, you know, 85 excuses and, and that's okay. That's where they're at. And it's not my job to, to fix that. But um, my hope was that people would start to believe that it was possible for them. If they saw it, it was possible for us. Mm-hmm. And I think as, as you grow and as you change and as you expand, um, the people that are really uncomfortable with that are probably going to to either criticize you or fall out of your life mm-hmm. or both mm-hmm. and, <laughs> criticize you and then fall out of your life. Well, and so that selection um, process, like you talked about earlier, you know, finding the right people with the right mindset. Sometimes when you take that step of clarity, it takes care of itself. Right. And so you find yourself mm-hmm. with those people that can pull you instead of you feeling like you're mm-hmm. pulling them or pushing them you just you step into that and then everything does become clear and you are surrounded mm-hmm. by things that just seem to work out for you and people would say oh you're lucky you know the, all those things right. because it was so easy and it's like no the journey is not easy it's never easy but it's the decisions mm-hmm. that we make and the commitment like you've talked about that is so important mm-hmm. for our listeners to understand it's that it's that level of I'm going this direction no matter what, and then doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's interesting. You know, I grew up in a household where the mindset was, you know, we're not people that go to a four-year university. We're just not because, well, we don't have the money that those other people do. And, uh, you know, of course you didn't make cheerleading because, we don't live in the right neighborhood. We, I grew up in a trailer. You know, we don't have the right friends, drive the right car, have enough money, have the right jobs, whatever it was. And my parents did that in an effort to protect me because that's truly what they believed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's changed as they've, as they've gotten older. I think that their views on things have changed. But, and they're, and they're, my parents are amazing people. They're wonderful people, and they're great parents. They were just doing the best they could with the information that they had. Mm-hmm. And um, so I grew up with the mindset of if people, I saw people that were doing things that I wanted to do, I immediately didn't like them. Mm-hmm. I judged them. And um, we were on our journey. We were in past Christian Mississippi. And I, you have all of these like fun apps that you can get when you're RVing, which I by the way, we had never really camped before. Okay. So we had like, we weren't campers. So all of this was new. So I had, we had a huge learning curve and I was like the navigator and the decider of all things travel. And my (laughs) husband just did the driving. And so I had like every app known to man on my phone. So one of these apps was a Walmart finder. And so when you're traveling in an RV, if you're equipped, whatever, you can just pull in at a Walmart and stay overnight. And, and, but not every Walmart will let you. But we were on a route from Texas to Florida, and I found a Walmart in past Christian, Mississippi, that was literally right across the road from the beach. Oh. And they allowed people to stay. And so we had never done it, but we wanted to boondock in Walmart. I don't know why, just to like, <laughs> you know, check it off our list, I guess. And so we're there and I go in and talk to the manager to make sure that it's okay. And she says, yes. And we pull at the end of the lot and um, we got supplies and we're coming back out to the motor home and there's a woman and, and she, um, she's walking with like 
three or four bags full of stuff, and, and I, she's in front of us. And, and so I would guess she's probably in her mid to late 50s, and, and she kind of has a limp, and um, she wasn't driving. She wasn't walking to a car. She must have been walking home. And so she's looking at the motorhome, and she, like, walks around it as we are walking to go in it. And she looks over at us and, and stops and says, this is actually, this is so beautiful. Wow. And then immediately she says, must be nice to be so rich. Mm. She hated us. Mm. And here's the thing, Melanie, we're not rich. Like, <laughs> you know, she doesn't know our story, but she hated what we represented mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. And my heart went out to her. And, and I, I, there was, I was shocked and there was nothing I could say and I didn't know what to say. Brody, I don't even know what you say in that situation. But, um, but you know, the thing is, like, we sacrificed for years. Like, when we were building our house, we lived in 500 square feet with our kids that were little, like, six months and two years when we started in that. Mm-hmm. We called it the garage house. So it was a big building with a little small apartment off to the side of it. And we lived there for four years. We'd only planned to be there for two, but my husband had a back surgery, like suddenly when you couldn't walk anymore all of a sudden. And we were, and we that thrust us into a longer plan. And, and like we sacrificed, I mean, who does that? Who lives in 500 square feet for four years while you're trying to build your house? Like I think a lot of people would maybe give up on that dream. I mean, mm-hmm. but we didn't, we just kept, persevering and so all all of these sacrifices that we've made you know and like choosing how to manage our money and choosing to not have the newest of everything or to make intentional sacrifices so we could get to a point where where we could do something like this where we could sell our house and buy an rv and and not be up to our ears in debt and you know there's like a thousand or more choices that we made that led us to that point. And it's really easy for people to look in and think, well, you just have a charmed life or you must have rich parents or you must like whatever. And none of those things are true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have bad stuff that happens to us all the time. I mean, my, you know, it's, I don't know. It's just, it, I don't know how to change that perception <laughs> and I don't know that it's my job to, but I wish I could. And I get it because I used to live that perception. Yep. Well, and I used to be mad. Well, and yeah. you said something um, a little bit ago and I wrote this down because I think, you know, it's teaching about the freedom when you choose the destiny that you want, it allows you to feel that sense of freedom, that sense of joy, that sense of release that, you know, this old stuff, like this is light, this is heavy. How do I choose that? And then that's going to help me experience the joy for carrying the light stuff. And and we all have that choice. But, you know, when you have that perception on the outside, I, you know, I teach, I got to plug this. I teach the 15 laws of growth for like, I don't know, 185 weeks straight now. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. and I think about chapter three, the law of the mirror. You know, it's how we see mm-hmm. ourselves. And if we can't get through that, then we're always going to have mm-hmm. this perception that the world is against us, that the world is different than what we can do. And and so, you know, I think your story is so powerful, and I really want people to connect to this because it is about the choices that you all have made, the determination, the commitment, and 
And, and so how easy that can be if you just step into making that decision and then move forward through it uh, and find people that can be around you that can help you experience mm-hmm. the joy on the other side. You know, as, um, as we embarked on this journey, we said we wanted to end up in a place where we were celebrated and not tolerated, mm-hmm. like in a place that inspired us with people that inspired us. And, and, you know, that was like my heart's intention for me personally and for our family. And not that we weren't celebrated where we were. We just knew it was time for change. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I thought that we would end up in Jupiter, Florida. Like we have good friends that are there. There's people there that I follow (laughs) on a consistent basis. (laughs) And I thought that I could serve the team there really well. Um, and grow a business there really well. Plus the weather was nice. We lived in Florida for about five years before we had kids. And so we knew what we were getting into. And we actually went there and spent time for several weeks, maybe even close to two months. Um, And it didn't feel right. None of it felt right. And we couldn't explain it. And I was like mad because that was my plan. Mm-hmm. Like that was like, I was that, that was like, wait a minute, what are we doing? And um, so then after I simmered down a little bit and, you know, tucked my crazy in, um, I, I, uh, I was like, okay, God, we're, you know, I don't know what this means, but I can't be attached. I can't be attached to the picture in my head or else I'm going to miss out on whatever you have for us. And, um, we actually ended up in Wisconsin, even though our goal was like a warmer climate. Mm-hmm. That was part of it. But we're in Wisconsin, which obviously is not warmer than Iowa or Florida. Um, but we, ha- we are, have some really good friends here. And I realized on the journey that I am surrounded by amazing people all the time. They're like a click away in my Facebook group mm-hmm. and, or by messenger that like I have people around me all the time and, and that it wasn't so much about um, the climate or the place. It was about the feeling for us. And so we visited in Wisconsin in July and everyone, all of us in the family were like, this is where we need to be. And my husband was raised here and his mom is actually fighting, um, well, she has terminal cancer, and, um, and, and so she's been doing chemo and things, and we can be of support to her by being here, mm-hmm. but, um, but we also have some friends here, and the kids were just, uh, I don't know, they, well, the kids both said, this feels light, mm-hmm. and this feels right, mm-hmm. and so we, uh, we stopped our travels. And we went, we went another month or so, and then we stopped our travels just in time to get them into public school for this year. So we're just, we're still like new recent off the road. In fact, like I'm talking to you from the basement of my mother-in-law's house, like sitting on it by a card table, Mm. looking out the window. (laughs) 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 Because we don't have a place to live yet, but, um, but it'll all work out. So I guess, you know, as you, as you're going for your goals and you're looking ahead to what this, this picture is in your head, I guess, be open to maybe something that is better or different for you. And, um, for me, it's, it's all about how I feel. 
I don't know. It's all about how I feel about the places I am and the people I'm with. Well, and, and you wrap this up perfectly because, you know, the, uh, I love this quote by Maya Angelou, you know, it's not what you do. It's not what you say, but it's how you make someone feel. And, and so I just want to kind of wrap this up with Bethany, people that want to feel differently about who they are, what they believe in, they should connect to you. They should understand your journey because you can help them feel differently about themselves and about their opportunities. So I want to thank you for coming on Everyday Leaders. This has been wonderful to spend this time with you. You're such an inspiration. And, uh, and I know you're going to be super successful in life and whatever you choose to do. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here. And um, I hope that there's some value for for your listeners and all this. Absolutely. How can people connect to you real quick, Bethany? Sure. Um, well, you can just Google me and Bethany Clemenson. My last name is C-L-E-M-E-N-S-O-N. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram, um, or I have a website. It's Bethany Clem, C-L-E-M.com. So. Perfect. And follow the Dialed In podcast also. Follow the dialed in. Oh, podcast. thank you. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Have a, have a great rest of 2019 and all the best to you. And I'm, I know that we'll be connected for life. So thanks for coming on the program tonight. Absolutely. Thank you. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm gonna take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.